So for today's sermon, we're going to continue in the series that, that we've been in. We're going to be wrapping it up next week. So we have today and the next week in this series looking at uh, lessons from biblical figures. So we've been looking at various figures from Scripture and drawing forth lessons from their lives. And we're going to continue with that today. And today we're going to be looking at Martha and Mary. And we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. So you can turn there in your Bibles. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And this is the Martha and Mary who have the brother Lazarus, the well-known Lazarus, I'm sure you're familiar, who died. And of course, Christ rose, uh, rose him from, from the dead, uh, brought him back to life. Certainly well-known story in scripture. So this is the, these are the sisters of Lazarus, Lazarus, and it's Martha and Mary. We're going to be learning here from this story in their lives. And let's just get right to it. We're going to dig into scripture here. Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42. Let me read it for us. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Right, so, so what's going on here? We'll sort of go through, pick this apart, and of course, draw forth the, the lessons from this story about Martha and Mary. Right, so you have Jesus and you have his disciples and they come to this village, the village where Martha and Mary are. And as it says, right, a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So you have Martha and Mary, Mary living here. They invite him uh, to stay at their home. And, you know, you think even in today's day and age, what would you do? You'd, you'd want to be a good hostess. And, and if you think of the culture of the ancient Near East and in Jesus's day, hospitality was huge. It was way bigger than it is today in our culture. I mean, yeah, you still want to be good to, to your guests, but we're not sort of this, this culture that's really centered on hospitality and makes a big deal of it. Uh, but that was the case for, for the ancient Near East and in Jesus's day, that was a big deal. So all the more we can sort of understand Martha's mindset here, right? We realize as we get further, she doesn't choose what's best, but, but let's sort of try to be fair to her and understand what's going through her mind. And again, sort of put yourself in her shoes. Imagine like, not only do you have a guest coming, and if you have a guest coming, you'd want to be a good host, right? And you'd be concerned about the meal. Imagine you're hosting a lot of people, you know, and you'd be concerned about the meal and the preparations and the table. And is it set nice and the house is all cleaned up and everything looks good, right? That probably makes sense to a lot of us. Now imagine it's not just any old guest. It's not just sort of some random person, but like you have Jesus coming. This is God the Son in the flesh and he's bringing his disciples. All the more you'd be like, oh my word, I, I need to get my house in order. Like, I, like everything's got to be cleaned up and like perfect and spotless. And then you'd be worried about, you know, sort of think of, think of the meal, you know, oh, the bread can't, uh, can't have it like overcooked and baked and burned or undercooked. And it's like doughy in the middle. And then like the meat, whatever it might have been, you could speculate, but you know, maybe some lamb or whatnot. Again, got to make sure we cook it well and everything's done properly in the wine. And again, every little detail you'd be thinking like, it's got to be perfect. This is Jesus. He deserves the best. And you can sort of understand that mindset. There's, there's, that's where Martha's coming from. 
And now we can sort of think of like sibling dynamics. Maybe you have to like rewind the clock a little bit to when you were younger, you know, and you were, if, if you had a sibling, maybe a sister or a brother, you know, living in the same house as kids. And you can maybe think back to a time where maybe you had chores to do or you had to clean the house or your room or whatever. And it's like, you're doing it all. And then like, there's your sister or brother and like, he's not doing anything and you're gonna get stuck doing the whole job. And you're sort of like, mom, dad, like make so-and-so, my brother, make him help me. You know, he's gonna pitch in. That's what's going on in Martha's mind. It's sort of like, uh, we have Jesus here and his disciples. Everything's gotta be perfect with the meal, all the preparations and like, Mary's sitting here like doing nothing, not helping out. And again, hospitality is a big part of the culture. And so she goes to Jesus and is like, uh, you know, Mary's not helping me. She should be helping me. Can you go and, you know, tell her to come on over and help with all these preparations and everything? So this is her mindset. And again, you can understand where she's coming from. I don't want to like totally throw Martha under the bus. You know, I think most pastors would probably say, I'd love to have a lot of Marthas in my church, people who serve and get things done and whatnot. I like the sound of, of Martha, even sort of culturally uh, in the U.S., we're very much task-oriented and we like results and, what you know, get things done. We're all about that. Well, Mar Martha here, she's all about, like, let's get things done, and Mary's just sitting around not helping. So we might sort of resonate a little bit with Martha, understand where she's coming from. So, you know, she says, you know, Jesus, like, Tell, tell my sister to help me. She needs to help out. And what is Jesus's response? Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, right? She's focused on all the preparations for the meal and hosting. You know, you're all worried and upset about that, but only one thing is needed, right? There's only one thing here that's really important, that's really needed, and it's not the details of this meal you know, making sure everything comes out perfectly. That, that's not the real important thing, right? What's really needed is what Mary has chosen, right? You know, again, you can understand Martha's mindset, but look at it from another perspective. And here's God the Son who's come and he's in your home and, and he's teaching, right? That's what he's doing, right? If we go back, it says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So here you have God the Son in the flesh, he, he's come, he's in your home, and he's teaching, you should have the mindset of, you know, I, I just want to be with him. He's, you know, Lord of the universe, God the Son in the flesh. I just want to sit at his feet, and he's teaching, and he's pouring out this wondrous truth, and I just want to soak that all up, right? And, and this is the better thing. This is what Mary has chosen. She's chosen just to, to be there, just to sit at the Lord's feet and soak up all that he has to say, and this is the one thing, as he says, Jesus says, that is needed. Not the food, not, not the details of the preparation. That's just superficial things. Yeah, it's nice of Martha to want to serve in that way, and we'll sort of dig deeper in regard to all of this, what's going on here. That's nice of her, but it's not really something that, that is, is truly something that matters, right? But rather what Mary has chosen, just to be with the Lord, sit at his feet, and hear what he has to say. So I want to sort of pick apart as we look at, well, you know, we realize Martha, even if we might resonate a little bit with her, uh, she's chosen the worst thing, the thing that isn't really the priority here, uh, but rather Mary is the one who's chosen what, what really has value, the, the, the real better thing, the thing that is truly the priority. And, and I want to pick this apart and say, what, what are sort of the things, uh, the elements, sort of the principles at work here that make what Mary has chosen the better thing, the priority, 
as opposed to what Martha has chosen. And I'd say this sort of two major elements and principles at work here that make Mary's choice the real priority and what Martha has chosen is just sort of secondary. Uh, and the first is this, the first principle is this, that spiritual things, spiritual matters, really are the priority over merely physical things, physical matters, right? If you think about uh, Martha, what is she tending to and concerned about? She's just concerned about food, right? She's concerned about a meal. Yeah, I understand we need to eat, we need to eat and drink and breathe, we have physical needs, but she's just concerned about a meal. At the end of the day, it's not like that's of great significance, great consequence. If the meal comes out perfect, okay, fine, if it doesn't come out so perfect or the meal happens later after Jesus is done with his teaching, it's like, it's just not that big of a deal. It's just sort of some less important physical thing rather than the spiritual things are what really matters and are the priority. And that's what Mary has chosen, right? Martha's chosen the physical things, the meal. Mary has chosen that which has real spiritual significance. Again, here you have God the Son, and she's chosen to just hear all that he has to say. He's here teaching. I mean, imagine if you had the opportunity face-to-face -face just to be there with Jesus, and he's just going to teach, right? And are you going to be concerned about, like, some meal? Or are you going to say, like, uh, no, Jesus is here. I just want to sit at his feet and hear everything that he has to say. That has real weightiness. That has real spiritual value. Spiritual things trump the physical things, right? Physical things, they're secondary. It doesn't mean that, yeah, you don't at some point have to eat a meal and they're physical realities and needs, but that's secondary to what is spiritual, right? So spiritual matters, things take priority over physical matters. And I think it's easy to sort of get caught up in that which is physical. It's just, it's before you all the time, right? You, you see it, it's tangible, it's readily right before you where sort of the spiritual things aren't necessarily really so tangible and right there before you. And so it's easy just even to maybe get a snippet of, of how many of us might sort of live our lives, at least generally here in the U.S., uh, oftentimes focused on the physical, right? Many of us, we might get up in the morning and we, again, we're thinking physical things. We get up, you know, well, I got to brush my teeth and take a shower. I got to get dressed, get ready. Then I got to zip off to work. And of course I have to do that to make money and provide, put food on the table, be able to pay the mortgage, rent, whatever. Um, you know, and then you get home and you're thinking, okay, what are the other things I got to do? I got to take care of my bills. Oh, the lawn needs to be uh, mode and, you know, what other to-do items that you have to do. And it's all sort of the physical stuff. Not, you know, it's not that those are totally unimportant. Like, yeah, you do need to work. Yep, that's a reality. You got to pay your bills. But that isn't what is the priority rather than to sort of flip things and to say, well, you know, what if we have the right priorities as Mary did and we see that the spiritual things are really what is the priority, not the physical things then sort of the typical day might go more like this, where you get up in the morning and your first thought, again, because you're thinking of spiritual things and realizing these are the priorities, not the physical things, is, well, I just, I got to spend time with the Lord. So I get up in the morning and I'm going to open up my Bible and I'm going to be in God's word and I'm going to spend some time reading scripture. And then, you know, I'm going to spend some time in, in prayer, communicating, just being with the Lord and, and talking to him, right? Have that quiet time with the Lord. You know, and then yet yeah, you'll get dressed, get ready, head off to work, right? And, but even while you're at work, instead of, you know, just seeing the physical, perhaps you're, again, having the priorities of spiritual is what trumps, uh, you might be focused on spiritual things. And so maybe you realize, hey, there's a coworker, uh, you know, in your workplace, and you know that he's sort of like seeking after spiritual truth. He's been looking into all these different religions, maybe like Eastern stuff or whatever, just sort of 
looking at all of it, considering, and you say, you know, this is an opportunity. Again, because you're thinking of spiritual things, that's the priority, that's what you're focused on. Hey, you know, I, I have an opportunity here. I need to share about Christ with him. And so you do that. You still get your work done, but you carve time out to say, hey, this is the priority. I, I need to share with this guy. And so you do. You know, and then, okay, so you finish up at work, and then you come home. And yeah, at some point, you'll need to deal with the bills or mowing the lawn or whatever, all that stuff. But again, because you're thinking of the spiritual, this is the priority, and maybe you have a family with kids, and you get home and you say, I, you know, I, I need to, to raise my kids in the faith, and so I'm going to spend some time with my wife, with my kids, and we're going to all get together, and we're going to open up the Bible, and we're going to do some teaching here and look at God's Word. Because again, you're thinking the spiritual stuff trumps. And then when I have a chance, yeah, I'll get to the bills, I'll get to all that other stuff, right? That's sort of the viewpoint of, of having this, this mindset of proper priorities where spiritual things trump the physical things. But I think in our day and age, it's just so easy to be consumed with all of the physical stuff before us and make that the priority and sort of lose sight of the spiritual things. J just as Martha did, she sort of lost sight of, uh, like, here's the Lord of the universe, you know, creator, master overall, it's God the Son in the flesh, and I, I should just want to go and be with him and hear all that he has to say. That has spiritual value rather than just a meal that I'm going to prepare right? But she just sort of got caught up in the physical thing. So that's sort of the first point, uh, right? The, having those right priorities in the sense of spiritual takes priority over the physical. But I'd say the other principle that we see at work here is that as important as doing things in service to the Lord is, and it's hugely important, so I'm not minimizing that, of even greater importance is just being with God, just communing with him, just drawing near to him, spending that time with him, right? And, and if we look at Martha and Mary, sort of the approaches that they took, and again, serving the Lord in doing things is still hugely important. I don't want to minimize that. But again, proper priorities, being with him comes first and foremost. Well, we look at Martha, and again, here she's got Jesus coming, and she's thinking, I, I want to do things to serve him. So I'm going to prepare this nice meal, just be the great hostess that I can be, and take care of everything. And what's Mary's mindset is like, here's my Lord, my God, my Savior. I just want to be with him. He's here, and I just want to be with him and, and sit at his feet, spend time with him, rather than like, I'm back in the kitchen worrying about, you know, all the food and whatnot. I just want to be with him. And while I'm there, hear all that he has to say and preach and teach. And I think, again, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the sermon, culturally, we can be very much sort of task-oriented. We're all about doing things, doing things, doing things. That's sort of pretty American, generally speaking. Probably a lot of us could, could if, if we're honest with ourselves, say, hey, that's kind of me a little bit. You know, like I like to do things. You know, even if you look at, at churches so often in, in America, everything's very programized. It's all about what programs are you doing? What things are you doing? We have these services. We have these events. Do, 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 do. That's sort of the way we often think. And in many ways, we're sort of like Martha. We're just thinking, how can we serve? How can we serve? And it's good to have a mindset of how can we serve, but we need to realize what ultimately the priority is. And there is a time for serving. I'm not minimizing that. But ultimately, the highest priority is not just to be busy doing things for the Lord, but just in love to say, I, I, I love you so much. I just want to be with you. I just want to spend time with you. I just want to day in and day out have that quiet time where I'm just sort of blocking out the busyness and craziness of life and just trying to come before you and be quiet and be still and just spend time with you. Just you know, crack open my Bible and read and hear from you and, and spend some time just being quiet and communicating with you and praying and listening to, to what you might be laying on my heart as well. 
right? That is ultimately the priority. And then I would say even naturally, then going and, and doing things in service to the Lord naturally flows out of that. We're just filled with love for the Lord where it's like, I just want to be with you and I just want to spend time with you and commune with you and, and I'm in your word and I'm in prayer with you. Then naturally what flows out of this is God then after that sends us out into the world that says, now go and serve me. And so it starts with the being with the Lord, spending time with him, and then now go and serve. But again, we need to have the proper priorities. But I think often, if we're honest with sort of the American church, we can be so busy doing, and again, it can be well-intentioned. Martha was well-intentioned. It's not like she's just like, Jesus is here. I don't care about spending time with him. She's well-intentioned. She wants to serve. But I think often this is how the American church can be, probably for many of us. We might be well-intentioned, but you know, in that well-intentionedness where we just say, God, I just want to do things for you and serve for you and get involved in ministry and, and do this and do that, we then lose sight of what the real priority is and, and we neglect just being with the Lord, right? And you could look at all the statistics and the reality of, of it is that for a great many Christians, we don't really spend an awful lot of time in the Bible, in prayer, just being with God, just communing with him, just fellowshipping with him. That's just a reality. If we look at sort of the church, whether through the ages or just in different parts of the world, naturally the church in different places and different times has sort of different strengths and, and different weaknesses. And again, speaking of the American church, we're good in doing things. That, that certainly is a strength of the American church. We have other strengths as well. Generally, uh, the American evangelical church in many ways is sort of solid on teaching. I know lately there's been a lot of sort of sliding away from that, but sort of historically solid in, in teaching. We're good at doing things. But I'd say when it comes to just spending time with the Lord, that's an area of weakness. Right? We don't sort of line up, you know, through the history of the church, there have been parts of the church that really you might characterize as part of the contemplative tradition, where there's a real emphasis on just being with God, getting away from the busyness of life, just spending time with him, being in his word, being in prayer with him. And I'd say that's, that doesn't really characterize the American church, and it's something that we ought to seek to grow and work at. But, but I want to be clear, because this can be taken to an extreme, that sort of contemplative tradition and spending time with the Lord. Uh, and you can look throughout times of history where you have like monks who literally like become hermits and they go into a cave somewhere in a desert. And like all they ever do is like, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to pray and focus on God's word. And again, well-intentioned, but that's taking something to an extreme. And there is an appropriate balance between being with God and then going and serving him. Right. But I think we often in America, the balance leans all towards sort of the serve, 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 do, do, do. And there should be an appropriate balance. But understanding that, that ultimately the priority is we need to just be with him, right? In love for him, that we should just be driven to want to be in his presence, just draw near to him, fellowship with him, commune with him, be in his word, be, uh, be in scripture, and just spend that time in prayer with him. And again, then naturally what flows out of that is we're sort of spiritually rejuvenated in that time with, with the Lord, then it's sort of now, okay, go out, my, my child, my servant, now go and serve me in the world. And we go out and serve. But we need to have the proper priorities. And so thinking of sort of, okay, learning here from, from Mary, from Martha, uh, what, what is, in a sense, our, our takeaway? What, what's our application? And I want to give sort of a general application, but then be very specific with, with a challenge here. Generally, it's sort of, you know, we talked about it pretty clearly, but first and foremost, it's two points. First is, is prioritize spiritual things over physical things. I talked about how often I think culturally we struggle with this. It, it, it's easy. It's just sort of the physical stuff is before us. It's naturally what we focus on because we can see it. It's tangible. It's right before us. 
uh, but we need to not make the physical things the priority, but rather make spiritual things the priority with physical things being secondary. And then the other is just prioritize being with God, right? Certainly serving God is hugely important. I don't want to minimize that, but it still is second to just being with him, communing with him, drawing near to him. But I want to give us a a very specific and, and sort of tangible challenge here, and it's this. However much time we're spending, each of us, each and every one of us, however much time you're spending with the Lord, up it. Right? Maybe for you, that's just sort of really a struggle with you. Maybe you really resonate with the like, yeah, I'm all about doing, but I have a hard time. For many of us in the Western culture, we're so used to sort of entertainment and we're constantly bombarded with stimuli. We have phones and we're always on our phones. We are TVs everywhere. And so for a lot of us, it's difficult, even if we want to, it can be very difficult just for us to even kind of quiet our, ourselves and our minds, just sort of be still. It can often be difficult for us. Uh, that's just sort of a, a reality, um, and we need to work on that. And so for a lot of us, it's, it's just, it's hard for us to, to really be still and be with the Lord uh, and take that time and really spend it with him. And so for some of us, maybe it really is a great struggle, and it's maybe every few days that we just take time to be in his word and be in prayer, or maybe it's like I shoot up a, a quick prayer 30-second prayer a couple times a day when I need something, and maybe that's sort of like what, what your prayer life or, or, or quiet time with the Lord looks like. Uh, maybe others, it's not as much of a struggle with you, and you say, yeah, I'm in, I'm in God's Word, and I'm in prayer each and every day, but maybe it's a small amount of time. Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's 10 minutes, you know, and the reality is we, we can do better than that for the Lord. Uh, maybe you're doing quite well. Maybe you are able to sort of quiet your mind, block out the distractions, and just get away and say, you know, each morning I spend 30 minutes with the Lord, or maybe it's even an hour, and it's like, I just, I get away, I have my sort of like quiet room, I close the door, I go in there, and it's just sort of me and the Lord, and I'm just in his word and and in prayer, and just listening to what he has to say to me, whatever it is, whether you're good at it, doing a decent job, and, and carving out that time for the Lord, whether you may be doing it a little bit, but not so great, or maybe you're the one that really has time, just trouble uh, finding the time to be with the Lord, and you're just busy about doing things. uh, The reality is I want to challenge us to up that time that we're spending with God. If you're doing 20 minutes, make it 30 minutes a day. If you're doing, hey, every few days I carve out a tiny bit of time for the Lord, instead of every few days, make it every day, right? Whatever it is, just challenge yourself and say, I'm going to up it a little bit. Uh, And if we do that, if we're really faithful in doing that and and spending more time, whatever amount of time you're spending now, just just prioritizing and spending a little bit more time with the Lord, uh, there's just going to be such blessing that comes from it. Uh, There's just going to be great nourishment to our souls that comes from this added time with the Lord. Uh, It's going to result in just this greater joy and and, and peace in our lives just as we draw closer to Him. Uh, And God's just going to bless us. If we're just faithful in spending that time with him, there's going to be great and abundant blessing uh, in our lives. And so I just want to challenge us to do it. Whatever time you're spending with the Lord, increase it, up it, really follow through. Even if it's like, it's hard for you to do that, but to think long-term doing that, even if you say, I'm just going to do it for one week, I'm just going to do it for two weeks, and then see how that goes. Just even if that's easier for you to do, take on that challenge and say, okay, I don't know if I can do it forever, but I'm going to do it for two weeks and give more time to the Lord. Uh, If you do, you'll be blessed. I can guarantee it. Uh, There will be blessing that comes from it, and you'll desire to continue with that and probably even up it some more.
And so let's be faithful to this challenge and be blessed as a result. Uh, and let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this passage. For Martha, for Mary, and just this story that, that teaches a lot us a lot about priorities. Often our priorities are out of whack, even if we might be well-intentioned, just as Martha was well-intentioned. Lord, help us to have the right priorities as we see in this passage, to put spiritual things above physical things. It's all too easy for us just to get caught up in what's before us, what we can see, what's tangible, and lose sight of spiritual things, but help us to have a focus on what's spiritual and make that the priority, as Mary did. Help us also to prioritize being with you. Certainly serving you is hugely important, and, and, and we don't want to minimize that, but we can often be so busy doing things for you that we lose sight of what's even more important. And that's just as your children in love for you, just being with you, drawing near to you, communing with you, fellowshipping with you, having that quiet time with you each and every day, Lord. And that needs to be our priority. And then secondarily, after spending that appropriate time with you being sent out into the world, that we might then serve you and do things for you, Lord. I pray that we'd have those right priorities that we'd hear the challenge to up our time with you that we have each and every day. Whether we're already doing pretty well, but could still stand to spend more time with you, may we do it. Whether we're really ones who struggle with that, we have a hard time being still and quiet and just blocking out all the noise and spending time with you, may we challenge ourselves to really start to do it and do it well. Or maybe we're somewhere in between. May we just increase our time with you and may it just result in great spiritual nourishment and joy, greater joy and peace and blessing in our lives. And we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.